Welcome to the 14th official episode of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm John. Kevin. And uh, this week we're going to be discussing my pick, Gaspar Noe's 2009 film, Enter the Void. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about that movie, which these guys had yet to see until now. And I've seen it before. What? I've seen it before. When? When it was on Netflix. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? No, I mean, it's been like seven years or something, six years. Oh, so that doesn't count. This show is canceled. Turn it <laughs> off. We're done. Um, I had no idea. I really thought you had I probably would not have recommended it had I known. No, I'm glad you, you did. Seen it. Glad you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that aside, that minor uh, scuffle aside, we're going to also be discussing films we watched, mm-hmm. uh, including I, I rewatched all of the Gaspar Noe films, which is exciting. And uh, You're going to rank them? I, I probably will briefly, and uh, we're going to talk about other stuff. What else are we going to talk about? Roman J. Israel? Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Roman J. Israel Esquire, or I am going to mm. talk about that since I watched it, since everybody I called about it flaked out and didn't want to see it. And uh, <laughs> we're also going to discuss briefly uh, maybe the Mosaic app thing did you guys try this out i haven't but uh jordan was telling me that he tried it and it was actually looking pretty pretty interesting so So this is a uh an app developed by steven soderbergh uh in which he's created a long form story and filmed the segments and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type situation where you click on the next part of the story and it changes perspective based on what you pick and it stars Sharon Stone. And I watched the first maybe 45 seconds of it, and I was liking it a lot. But I was just like, Man, I don't really feel like watching this right now, so I turned <laughs> it off. But um, it was it was decent. I thought it looked pretty good. I'm actually more excited to just watch it in January when it's going to premiere on HBO. So, oh, okay. But I'm, I might still give it a shot on, on the app itself. Did you check this out? I uh, read about it. Didn't check it out yet, though. Okay. Well, um, we're going to uh, skip news because there's really not much news unless you guys have something that you want to talk about specifically i mean unless you want to talk about uh john lassiter the head of pixar apparently right. stepped down because of un unwanted hugs or something like that <laughs> yeah he's a real scumbag anyway uh, so that's okay uh i heard something it had something to do with rashida jones is that not correct the i don't know i just erstwhile writer of toy story 4 they hired her to write toy story 4 and then she left the project because of mm. Some kind of sexual hmm. misconduct on John Lasseter's part. I don't know much about it, so probably not the best thing to be discussing. That's, but. A, that's a real <laughs> shame because, like, they lost a pretty talented writer. She did a great episode of Black Mirror, one of the um, one of the hour and a half episodes, and it was actually really good. She wrote it. She wrote it. Mm. Yeah. What else has she done? She's in the Social Network and on Parks and Rec. No, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, writing wise. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she's on I Love You, Man. Slap at the base. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'll say that I watched The Night of Too Many Stars on HBO, mm. which is their autism awareness uh, fundraiser thing where they have a bunch of actors and comedians and stuff uh, doing funny things. And it was uh, pretty awkward at times because they tried to 
And I mean, it's not like it's it's just, it was it was really really awkward. But it was like you can't you know you can't be mad at them because they're like the autistic people who you know can't necessarily help their behavior. And uh, they had this one autistic person who who was a mute, but she was she had learned she's like real smart inside of her you know head, but she can't like express it uh, verbally. Hmm. And uh, she had uh, she was supposed to interview Stephen Colbert like live on the show, but she got distracted and. It was just a pretty big train wreck, and uh, he had to, like, get the band to play her off, and then they had to, like, spend the rest of the night talking about how great she is and how, you know, it was their fault that she messed up. And I was like, it was just really brutal, that one segment. But actually, um, and they said that you're going to still do the interview at some other time, and she's really funny and all this, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, Sarah Silverman did a segment on it. And it was we we literally had to pause it. We almost died. It was so funny. It was ridiculous. And uh, like she she recorded. Uh, she couldn't be there, so she recorded a like a message for them. And she ended up she like she like essentially she did a a message about hurricane relief in Puerto Rico. But then mm. every time it said anything about hurricanes, she like overdubbed herself saying autism. <laughs> She's like stand with the mayor of autism <laughs> and the people of autism. <laughs> it was really really good. And then uh, Adam Sandler was on there, and he actually sang a song, which was weird because it yeah. it's reminded me of um, like something he would have done on Saturday Night Live or something. But it was really funny, the song that he did. It was really, really Did they really mention funny. Louis C.K.? No, not at all. I don't know. Well, did they mention Louis C.K.? Because he was supposed to be there. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't hear about that. Uh, mm. I don't think they mentioned him. Mm. It was a lot of, there were a lot of people there, though. Mm. But uh, I'd say overall it was pretty boring, but... Those those two segments were devastatingly funny. Nice. So, and I, uh, Godless starts today. I saw Soderbergh yeah. Scott Frank Western show on Netflix. Yeah. And I am oh, is that so the one psyched. with uh, Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels, yeah. yeah. I am Jazz. I wanted to watch some of it today, but I've been busy cleaning out my office. So, didn't have a chance. I had to watch the entire Enter the Void today, the director's cut, which, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I had to talk to you guys about that. I'm not sure which cut you guys watched. I watched the director's cut. Okay. I watched the whatever, whichever one's 227. Okay. Mine, ours was, mine was 240. Okay. No. So, really long. Uh, but I uh, had to watch the whole thing this morning and then. I couldn't imagine adding anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, have a, I have an inkling about what they added. I can't remember because I can't remember the first one, like, or the first time I watched it. I know I didn't see the director cut the first time I watched it. And I have, I have a feeling about something that they added, but I'll have to check with you whenever we review it. Um, anyways, uh, in lieu of news, just a quick story. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, I have an ex girlfriend. Uh, okay, who, okay, hold on, hold on. I, I read this entire thing. Okay, good. Some serious white knighting going on know, on that I guy's mouth. I know. Okay, so uh, she lives Uh-oh. in New York City at this at this point, uh, and uh, we don't really talk anymore. And it's I don't I don't feel like it's any kind of animosity. It's just we just no, know, she's we, cool. We she, just fell out of. She's uh, cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any problem with her or anything. But we just don't talk anymore, which is fine. And she's got a new boyfriend, I think. But it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm married with a child on the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the point is. Uh, she had posted an, an article about how, or a tweet, like she had retweeted something on Facebook <laughs> about how uh, the costumes in Wonder Woman are very, I don't even know tasteful. what you say, tasteful, yeah. very good, yeah, mm. tasteful, uh, and the one compared to the ones of the tasteful same Tasteful and char- practical. Right, yeah. Com- compared to the ones of the same characters in Justice League, which are like mm. uh, midriff showing and uh, right, whatever, right. cleavage, I don't know. They actually look almost exactly like uh, what's-her-name's costume in uh, Conan. The Barbarian. What's, uh, what's her name? Grace Jones? Brigitte, Brigitte Nielsen? No, the first one. 
Uh, oh, I don't know what her whatever her character name is. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, it looks almost exactly like that. In Justice League, or in In Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Oh. They look ridiculous. Right. So she posted the picture, <laughs> and, I, and I agree. I said, I said, I agree. The the costumes are different. Right? Yeah. And she's yeah. like, here's the perfect example of the the female gaze of the director versus the male uh, director's gaze. Uh, how you know this film is directed by a male. Wonder Woman was directed by Patty Jenkins. This is directed by Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. So obviously mm-hmm. the costumes are more uh, sexy or whatever. So we, so I, I, I just, she's been talking about this for weeks. I was like, I just gotta, I gotta get in on this. So I, so I, I just like jump in and I'm like, I don't understand how, why this is sexist. I'm not a hundred percent sure why this is sexist because it's literally just like the women are in skimpy clothing. I understand that, but they're human. They're like fully functional adults who can make decisions right mm-hmm. and i mean so it's like Plus they all have abs right so and it's like i don't understand how this is any different from showing thor without his shirt on or something or, or jason momoa in this film mm. so like i don't understand what's sexist about it necessarily and um boy this this fellow who she's dating just lost control he was really upset about my comments and he called me a sexist and he said that i'm insulting women and all this kind of stuff and i i said i don't understand how i'm being sexist i'm just asking a question uh, and then I, I kind of, I, I might have, I might come off a little antagonistic because I did tell him I was going to go rewatch Irreversible. You did, and, and I'll, uh, I'll be right, I'll, I'll be back after if we want to continue arguing. Anyways, I, I, that wasn't a joke though. I did rewatch Irreversible, and uh, when I came back, uh, the thread is gone, and I've oh, really, been, oh. I've been unfriended. Really? Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. I know, right? It's just like, why would you unfriend me about? I'm just asking. I'm just debating. Like, it's just a debate. You didn't read the last comment. I didn't see anything. Some, else. Okay, some some girl commented. This is really stupid that I'm talking about this, but some <laughs> girl commented. She was just like railing you, mm-hmm. just like, how dare he? But how dare this Jonathan guy do this? And I bet he's just like a sad, like blah 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 by himself. He'll never find anyone. I was like, I, I almost died. Like, well, he's like married and he has a kid on the way, but like, you know. I was just like, are we really like descending? We can't just have a conversation. I know. That's like, what it, was, it was really yeah, my whole point. I wasn't. I really wasn't trying to be antagonistic. I was just asking questions. I mean, part of me like, clarify what yeah, you're saying. If, you're, if me, you have a problem with this, clarify it. I'm not sure I understand. Part of yeah. me agrees with her. I mean, like it is. I mean, like if you really do look at the side by side compare, it no, is, I don't have it a problem with absurd. that. I agree with that. It's I'm, ridiculous. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I agree they're different. Yeah. I don't understand why one is better than the other. I think. The one from the Wonder Woman movie just it just they just look better and it just looks honestly it looks more like high budget yeah like the ones in Justice League it just looks bad but uh, I, that's fine uh, cheap from, and I just, agree from an aesthetic yeah. standpoint one might be better I'm saying from a uh, like she's acting like these women can't show their midriffs or they can't like she was saying that there are shots in the movie yeah. where they do close ups on their asses and their tits and stuff and I'm like. I mean, okay, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't argue yeah. about that. But just as far as the costumes go, what I've seen, like, yeah, there are costumes that are showing off how sexy these women are. I don't understand why that's a problem inherently. Yeah, they do have choice in the matter. And also, the, you, you need to look at the demographic of the movie. That's like, what I told I mean, you. I, <laughs> you're really, I, mean, I was like, they're trying to attract a certain age group of I mean, men. And yeah, it's like, why I, on earth would you not show I hate women, to admit that, like, but beautiful like, women in skimpy clothing? That's what they want to do. Yeah. I was like, this movie, like, these movies are trash. So like the fact that you're like ex- like going into them expecting some kind of like feminist angle or something, and the fact that you mm. got like some minute like version of that in Wonder Woman that you can glean. Well, th- there was a little bit of that in Wonder Woman. I-, I got some of that, but like, I mean, even in Wonder Woman, did you see Wonder Woman? Okay, um, that, I think not, I asked not you, yet. I think no, I asked no. you that last week. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, even in Wonder Woman, like they're still pretty freaking skimpy, skimpy on the island. Like in the beginning, like they're mm. they have the armor and stuff when they're in battle and stuff, but like 
they're skimpy. Like I mean, it's like the idea that like they're trying, like like in, in in Wonder Woman, they're not trying to sell Gal Gadot as a sex object. That's they a lie. They totally are. That's a like lie. she's like they wouldn't hire her if they yeah. weren't trying to capitalize on her looks. And they that's wouldn't the dress thing, her in man. A skirt. She's sexy and she's strong, and that's fine. But the girl, the women in these in this movie, I'm assuming are <laughs> all strong. Also, they just happen to be showing their abs. I, yeah, I yeah. I, I honestly think that's probably a bigger part of it because, like, you, I'm sure you know they looked at all these actresses and they were like, man, all of them are like in really good shape. It would be a real shame to like cover up all that hard work. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I, I just don't, it's possible. I, I don't understand because like. You watch something like Girls, the show Girls, mm-hmm. with Lena Dunham, Lena Dunham, and she's just like getting fucked constantly, and she's like ass naked and shit. Like it's mm-hmm. like, and people have like no problem with that at all. And well, she's like, they're actually like, they have a problem with that. Most people have the the reverse problem where they think that she shouldn't be naked because she's unattractive. Well, no, I mean like fe- like feminists like mm-hmm. wouldn't. I mean, oh, I, I, agree. I, yeah, I, I hope they would, would never. Have, yeah, I would assume they don't. That's have what I mean. It's like. <laughs> I saw a crack. These are art. independent people. Like they, mm. they but have, see, like, they the can thing, decide the that, for themselves. The thing that these people were arguing, and again, like I'm they're not, pressured into. I don't being. want to say their names, but like these people, what they were arguing was that, like, when they're like, she said she did. My ex girlfriend said she didn't have a problem with nudity. She's yeah. just like when it serves a purpose of the plot, and I'm like, I agree uh, with that point. I don't think I said that because we didn't get that deep into it. But like, I agree with that. I, I I'm fine with. I'm actually fine with nudity if it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Like nudity is just like something that exists. Like I don't know what the problem is, but I understand what you're saying. Like it, like you know, nudity is okay as long as it has something to do with the plot. But it's like at a movie like this, those kinds of things don't uh, enter into it because this movie is not a movie. This is like a, a popcorn nonsense. It's like you don't you can't read anything into these films. They're not yeah. cinema. They're just like. Mm. They're money machines. Exactly. It's like yeah. money factories. How like, can we make the most money? <laughs> right. And the yeah. way you make the most money is that you hire beautiful people and you show lots and lots of skin. Yeah. And then you have lots of CG and stupid. And they didn't even make any money with this one. It's tanking at the box office. Really? Oh. Like less than $100 million over That's the That's rough. So, Can't say I'm know. surprised. I was just shocked that she unfriended me. Honestly, I was like, I was like, I don't understand what 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 that, that was like. Seemed like a really gross overreaction. Not a big deal because, like, again, we don't ever talk. But it's just. I like, don't know. It sounds like it was probably the strange. dude, the her yeah, current maybe. dude, who was yeah. like, "You need to get rid of him right now." Maybe. Yeah. It's, which is fine. I don't. I don't care. Like again, I don't talk to these people, and it's fine. And I don't have any. I, I honestly have no antipathy towards either one of them. You know, they can believe what they believe. Well, I'll believe what I believe. It's no big deal. But mm. I wanted to have a discussion and. Unfortunately, we weren't, weren't able to do that. But um, yeah. anyway, I oh, guess well. we'll uh, get to what we watched now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get my diary up here. And uh, <clears throat> I've been off all week, so I've got a little bit of stuff yeah, to talk like, about. Yeah, yeah, you do. But um, <laughs> I have three. Oh, okay. Well, I, including the movie that we're. Oh, really? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was gonna say like we have the same number, but technically okay, well, I have four. But with, uh, with I'll the talk, deep dive, I'll talk about um, some first. Then actually, you know what I'll do? I'll talk about all three Gaspar Noe films that I that I watched. Okay, cool. Uh, together, uh, first first watched Love, which is his most recent film. It's on Netflix, uh, and uh, stars Carl Glusman from The Neon Demon, the mm. boyfriend. Oh right, right, um, and it's a film about uh, a man who has a relationship that falls apart because he cheats on his girlfriend and gets another girl pregnant, and now he's in this kind of like uh, purgatorial hell situation where he's got this kid that he doesn't really want and this girl that he really hates, and he has to like live with them and take care of them, and uh, it's set in Paris, and uh, I, I liked it quite a bit actually. Uh, 
I, the, its claim to fame is that it features unsimulated sex, so all the character, all the actors are actually having sex with each other on screen. Mm. And uh, I guess it's you know trying to be again, you know, Gaspar Noe just trying to push this being controversial. <laughs> and honestly, in the first, uh, there's a lot of sex in the movie, like a lot. Uh, and I'd say the first two or three times you see people having sex, it's a little like jarring. But after a while, it becomes very, very normal, and it doesn't. I mean, at least to me, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, after a while, it was like not even a thing. I was just like, oh yeah, they're you know, the, like everything made sense. It wasn't like they were just like fucking and like it was like it wasn't shot pornographically or anything. It was shot very like you know like a Gaspar Noe film, so like overhead or floating camera or whatever, and um, very artistic. Uh, and I mean, I won't say I won't say it was like a hundred percent necessary, you know. Again, but it's like I don't know that. I think showing sex in this film is necessary because of what the plot is, that it's about these relationships that fall apart because of sex. But uh, obviously, you know, they could have done less sex, I guess. But, I mean, I don't It's You know, it's his prerogative. But uh, I'll, the only thing I could say negative about it really is that it's a bit long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes long, and it's just, you know, it could have they probably could have shaved off like 40 minutes off of it, honestly. But I really liked it and um, gave it a 4.25. And uh, it's just really solid stuff. Like a lot of inner monologuing, like Enter the Void, but um, just really like, like, re- like the way Glusman uh, gives his inner monologues. He's just like real. Like he, he just sounds tired. He's like, God, I wish he'd shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty great. But um, anyway, uh, then I watched uh, I Stand Alone, which is his first film, which I'd never seen. Which uh, Davis ripped yeah, a copy yeah. of for me mm-hmm. like 10 years ago the guy we used to work with and um never seen this movie before it's from 1998 uh and it is uh his first feature and it's about a butcher in france who's like an old man and the first like 10 minutes or so are like recapping his entire life from his birth to where he's at now and he like he he thought somebody raped his daughter and he ended up stabbing them in the face and he went to prison and then he got out of prison, and the movie kind of picks up right where he gets out of prison, and he's uh, working at this butcher shop or this deli rather. And uh, he's got this wife who's pregnant, but he hates her guts. <laughs> and she, they live with her mother, and he hates the mother's guts. And it's, it's a really similar situation to Love, actually, except mm-hmm. that you you can't really identify with this guy. Like in the, in Love, you can totally see like this guy really fucked his life up, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel bad for him. In this movie, the butcher's just a total asshole, and he's irredeemable he's just a horrible person and um he ends up uh he ends up getting into a violent argument with his pregnant wife and he hits her in the stomach three or four times with his fist i guess trying to kill the baby he says your baby is dead now your baby is hamburger meat and all this kind of Ah, it's it's hardcore i really i was it shows it like him doing it it shows him hitting her yeah it was really hardcore but um after that he he leaves uh, and he goes back to the town of his birth trying to find his daughter and he's and the whole rest of the movie is like him trying to find work and he's like running out of money and it's just like a spiral into just like the saddest most depressing (laughs) (laughs) and then he finally finds his daughter uh, and decides that he must he must have sex with her she's like 25 now he must have sex with her and he must kill her and then kill himself is what he's decided so 
in the last before the last twenty minutes, this disclaimer comes on the screen and it says you have thirty seconds to leave the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it starts counting down, and it really makes you feel like, oh my god, like do I want to stay and look at what's about to happen? Because it makes you feel like it's going to be pretty fucking heinous, right? And it is, but it's not. I mean, I don't know compared to other things you you might have seen. I mean, I feel for most people it probably would be pretty fucking hardcore because uh, he he ends up doing those things that he thought about doing and it's Ugh. and when he when he kills her it's very very graphic mm. uh lots and lots of blood and brain matter but uh, <laughs> Jeez. uh but I, I i i didn't mind it i thought it was uh, a good like a good effort i just i guess it was kind of um overly aggressive yeah know? and like too like too much so i, I get that from him yeah. i don't know mm. I, I, feel, I like him. I don't. Like, I don't feel it as much with his other films. With well, n- with Enter the Void and with uh, Love mainly. I don't feel it as much as that. Yeah. He's trying to be like. Uh, we'll talk about it to the void, but I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't feel nearly as like transgressive as this film mm-hmm. and Irreversible, which I also watched. So I also watched rewatched Irreversible for the first time in ten years, and um, it's uh, it's really good. Uh, I really really liked it. Uh, again, I don't. I barely remember anything about it from the first time, but uh, rewatching it, it's just a really solid movie. It's real quick. It's short. Vincent Cassell in this mm. is fucking awesome. Like he is so good, and he's just very, very like the first half. It's, the whole movie's told in the reverse order, kind of like Memento, I guess. Right. And um, he's very, very angry for like the first half of the movie because it's all after the the rape of his girlfriend, and then the last half of the movie, he's just like this goofy like jerk off partier who's like uh <laughs> on drugs all the time and like mm. just a total like douchebag but it's just a really it's a really interesting transition but um he's really great the other guy who's in it who i don't actually know the name i can't remember the name of him but another french actor he's really terrific too and monica Pellucci, the kind of the main three there they were all really terrific great performances and uh yeah just uh amazing apparently gaspar noe wanted to make love uh, before he made Irreversible, he wanted to make it his second feature, and he wanted it to be Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci in it. Mm. And something fell through, or something I forget. But they had to; uh, they ended up doing this film instead. So, but yeah, all 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 decent movies, some greater than others. And uh, I'll rank them after we talk about Enter the Void because I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> okay, but um, yeah. So cool. I guess I'll go. I. Uh Let's see here. I watched the documentary Until the Light Takes Us uh, about Norwegian black metal. Rewatch, rewatch. <laughs> rewatch, yeah, yeah rewatch. Yeah. Um, huge fan of this documentary the first time I saw it. Um, yeah, it's about uh, the, I guess, the second wave of black metal in Europe in the uh, early 90s. It's about um, like Burzum and Burzum everything. Burzum and right? Dark Throne mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh I don't know. You know what I mean. I'm it's not, specifically I, about the it's, murder. It's specifically though, right? about. Uh, no, specifically about those. Like pretty much those two bands. Yeah, mm. Burzum and uh, Dark Throne. Um, yeah, the uh, one of the members of Dark Throne got uh, killed himself or whatever. And then they took like the picture of yeah, like his, his suicide and used it oh. as like their second album cover or some shit. <laughs> Ouch. They're uh, yeah. <laughs> Have they're, you seen this? No, oh. it's definitely worth watching though. Um, I'm not just thinking like, what if New Order did that? <laughs> the Incurtis. Oh <my> <laughs> but can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, 
I'm uh, I'm not a I'm not a really a metal person at all, but uh, this shit is super entertaining. And like, <laughs> and well, I didn't really I didn't really remember this, but Burzum is like super political. Mm. Um, Racist, I'm pre- yeah, no. I'm pretty sure he's a, like a neo-Nazi yeah. at this point. Yeah, uh, but uh, his first two albums fucking rule. But uh, it's kind of hard to separate that. I don't what know, about the one know? he made in yeah. prison with keyboards or whatever? I don't think I've heard that one. No, it has a really good cover though. <laughs> And the uh, and there's the other one where he that's when he's like really I think he's like full blown neo Nazi yeah, at that yeah, point yeah. so uh, that's kind of I don't know yeah. well I don't understand what he's saying anyway yeah it's all, mm. um, not that I don't listen to any of this the stuff. aesthetic it's is really cool, cool though like the, like like Burzum talks about his first record he's like uh, when I went in to record it you know I wanted like the shittiest gear possible <laughs> like to just like the and like the, he recorded on like a two inch amp or like something like that like something like Fisher re- Price yeah drums. like really really <laughs> shit gear. And he said, like, what's the worst microphone you have? And he ended up using a, um, a pair of headphones as the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing, though. It's like the first record's really good. But um, mm. Dark Throne's pretty cool, too. Um, you know, it's all it's all metal. It's all like, you know, like really. That's, if you're not that's a, the only thing that I can't if you're not do into is the, that. the screaming vocals are what turn yeah. me off. Yeah. But everything but, uh, else is cool. I forgot about this one part in it. Um, the guitarist for Dark Throne his guitar technique is like infamous in like metal now or whatever like it's like he doesn't like just strum down he like strums back and forth and you can really hear it it's like like each note like rings out it's like really like symphonic or almost like Mm. and they talk about it in the documentary i totally forgot about that that was really cool um and yeah they just they show like burzum in prison and he's just talking about burning churches and shit and how he regrets nothing and uh well the, i actually found i do they talk about the, his motive because I, I i found his motive his motive uh, is pretty awesome yeah, actually uh, really good really smart uh, yeah kind of interesting reason to do it but the flaw in the reason is well let's say what the reason is so well the, okay the reason there that they wanted to burn the churches is because like christianity is basically a plague it goes like from you know country to country and erases the previous culture mm. so it erased the norse culture yeah. which is right like but it. the thing is is like they, the most of the churches they burned are like from like the 1600s oh, so yeah. it's like uh, eh, like they weren't even in use like half of them weren't even in use i don't think so they're burning just like m- like ancient history at this yeah. point and that's kind of yeah. that's kind of shitty but uh and they show the other uh i think it's the guitarist or one of the band members from uh dark throne and he's more about music. He's not really political. So that was pretty cool to hear him comment on the other members and stuff. And yeah, it was just, I don't know, it's really entertaining. Check it out. Sweet. Cool. I watched Harold and Maud for the first time. Well, the movie was a lot darker than I thought it would be. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay. Well, uh, let Have me. Have you seen it? No. Let me, let me set the stage for you. So. A guy walks into a, walks into a room. You know he's very well dressed. Puts on a Cat Stevens record. Goes over to one side of the room, hangs himself. Wow! His mother comes in, she's and like she's Ian Curtis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so his so his mother comes in. She she's talking on the phone, trying to cancel an appointment. She looks over at the hanging body and is like, "Come on." And, Look, you know, we got this dinner coming up. I need you to get ready for it. And, like, turns out he's just faking his suicide. Wow. And then it turns out he's done this, like, at least 15 times. So, but then he meets Maud, and she is a real go-getter. She likes to steal cars and run from the police and steal police motorcycles. 
uh, Tom Skerritt's police motorcycle, no less. And uh, and at one point they fake her death, and uh, hmm. yeah, is it uh, funny? Yeah, there's some funny moments. I gave it a three point two five. Did you um, find it funny though? Yeah, there were a couple of moments I was like, <laughs> 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 you know, like you know, I didn't, I wasn't like belly laughing, sure, but, sure, uh, sure. But yeah, not like me with the Sarah Silverman bit. Exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. But yeah, I, I knew that it was, you know, younger guy, older woman, and a, this kind of romance, but I didn't I didn't expect it to be to be what it is. Is this your, do they fuck? Uh yeah, but it's one of the but it's one of those things where like um Unsimulated? <laughs> this, no, this isn't an Oshima movie. Uh <laughs> But it's one of those things where, like, um, like they're sitting by like um, the beach or something, and she's like they're just like, "I'm so wet, uh, get it in." No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you were watching too many Gaspar Noe movies, I know. yeah, dude. <laughs> but no, it's like you know, like cut to black, and then they like show him like thrusting. Uh, no, uh, they, they they show him like in the morning, like smoking a cigarette. And just, oh, you know. oh dear. Yeah, is this your favorite Hal Ashby movie? This is the only Hal Ashby movie that I've seen. What else is no, he? No, there's no, it's not. It isn't. He saw the last detail. Didn't oh, that's uh, right. I'd I'd forgotten. Bingo. Okay, okay. Well, so far, being there. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. well, I watched being there recently. Mm. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, it just wasn't very funny at all. Hmm. And I'm, I think that was the main point was to be funny, but it wasn't. <laughs> well, watching watching know. Harold and Maude and like thinking back to the last detail, like there are parts where it's like, okay, I can see that's you know that's kind of a comedy beat, but it's for like a very specific sense of humor. Like yeah, kind of there's a, a kind lot of a darker, of like slightly yeah. awkward sense of humor. Coming home? Have you seen Coming Home with John no. Voight? No, he did that too. John's just really disappointed in the fact that I have very little Hal Ashby under my belt. I've got to see more. I haven't seen Harold and Maude. I haven't oh. seen The Landlord. I haven't seen uh, whatever that one is with John Voight and uh, the guy from Rocky. I can't remember. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I uh, watched Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, featuring a very contractually something-something about Tony Clifton, which is a documentary <laughs> on uh, Netflix about Jim Carrey's performance in the movie Man on the Moon uh, when he played Andy Kaufman. Uh, and this is directed by Chris Smith, who did American Movie. So you gotta you gotta check this one out. Mm. Uh, it was really really good. It was is a fascinating film. Uh, really great to see behind the scenes footage uh, of like Jim Carrey. He's it, the the situation is that he they interview him in the film and uh, he essentially tells the story of the film of how he got involved and everything and uh he says that he he got in contact with the Andy's family and uh was talking to them and they were and they wanted him to do it and uh he said he was like meditating on the beach or something and he he felt like he felt the presence of Andy Kaufman like come into him <laughs> and he decided mm. I am Andy Kaufman now so on set he he became Andy Kaufman and like even mm. like in you know, when he's getting, like, his makeup done and stuff, he wouldn't let people call him Jim. Like, they'd say, uh, like, Milos Foreman would call him Jim, and he'd be like, where's Jim? 
you mean Andy? I'm Andy. <laughs> and it's, it was, it's really, it's pretty weird. Uh, and, uh, and Mila Schwarman's getting like, really fucking frustrated with him. <laughs> and, uh, but he's dealing with it, you know? And, yeah. um, it's just, it's real. And he turns into Tony Cliff, like it's the days when he has to be Tony Clifton. He like, he's Tony Clifton the entire day. Yeah. And he's just really obnoxious and like screaming at people and just being like really rude. And he's drinking alcohol all the time. He's smoking all the time. And he talks about that. He's like, he's like, you know, I, I'm smoking like, like Jim doesn't smoke, but I have to smoke right now. Like I'm addicted. But like, yeah, it's, like, it's just like totally bizarre. Um, and it's really strange when like Andy Kaufman's family shows up to the set and they speak to him as though he's Andy, like his, and like his father shows up and they like hug each other and he's like calling him Andy and stuff. That's weird. And then his, mm. his father, the, the actor who plays his father in the film they ha- they have this moment backstage, like before, like in between shoots, and he's and he's like, uh, he's like, I love you, Andy. I'm very proud of you. And like Jim Carrey, like has this genuine emotional response. He's like, really? And he's like, he's just like freaking out about it as Andy. It's really bizarre, <laughs> but like really cool, <laughs> also. <laughs> and um, they end up getting like this huge argument and fight in the in the dressing trailer about like shit in Andy's life like he's yelling at him as though he's Andy's father it's just really it's just a really strange like wow. you can see it's like helping them with their process of like acting in the film mm. but uh it is really strange but uh, it's a lot of fun to watch and I I really really enjoyed it and honestly like the last five minutes of the film are just Jim Carrey talking about like his philosophical beliefs about the universe and like how he he says he says like it was a lot of fun just like being Andy for a little while you know and uh and he's like I wonder if I could do that with something else like if I could just become Jesus and just be Jesus <laughs> and that's the way the movie ends and it's just a great like that last five minutes I was like I gotta watch a whole movie of just him just like philosophizing about about the, the universe it's yeah really really cool but uh, I highly recommend it I gave it a four and a half and it's on Netflix so check it out. Did they uh, interview Jerry Lawler on that? They do. They talk to Jerry Lawler cool. a lot, and Jerry Lawler says that. Uh, well, on on behind the scenes, Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman is being the the heel character of Andy yeah, Kaufman yeah. and like yelling at Jerry Lawler and throwing water on him and stuff. Mm. But backstage, and Jerry yeah. Lawler's getting confused because he's like, you know, in real life, Andy and I were good friends and we were just in on a joke together, and so yeah, it's bizarre yeah. that he's acting this way towards me. You know, and that we're not friends. Like, if he's Andy, like, we're, we should be buddies, you know? But, uh, so. Yeah, I think that's where, like, a lot of the, like, confusion comes in. Cause, like, I listened to an interview with Lawler about his, his run with Andy in the Memphis territory. And, like, yeah, they were actually, like, really good friends because, you know, like, pro wrestling and that like theatricality like inspired and informed a lot of what Kaufman did. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. And they were able to just run with it for actually a long time. And they show a lot of the, of the those scenes of him like wrestling women and stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hysterical. <laughs> the like, intergender yeah, all, champion of the world. It's really fucking funny. Yes. <laughs> and they, and they show this when they recreate the Letterman scene where he slaps him. Yeah. And apparently, uh, they told him, uh, they said you can't you can't slap him because it's like insurance or something like yeah, you can't yeah. have the lead actor being slapped and he he told Jerry Lawler he's like no actually hit me and he he really yeah. fucking lays into him it's hardcore knocks him right out of his chair and uh mm. and so yeah there's a lot of a lot of stuff <laughs> like that like Jim Carrey just like wow. I am Andy so just let's you know 
do it for real. But it's it's really it's really really great, really fascinating, awesome. Sweet. Um, the next movie I watched was uh, I rewatched Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> That's a weird one with Allison. Um, did you did you log this? Yeah, it's oh, logged. Okay. Give it a yeah. three. I don't remember any logging. Um, seen this movie like thirty times, so uh, it's classic. Pretty ingrained in me. Directed by um, Joe Johnston. Oh, Joe Johnston. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be directed by somebody else, but he's Steven Spielberg. No, <laughs> some horror director or something. Toby Hooper. Yeah. Shit, I gotta look it up. <laughs> Somebody look it up. I'll anyway. look it up while you talk about yeah, it. Anyway, yeah, anyway. Uh this is a solid movie. It's yeah, uh yeah. it holds up pretty well. Um it's pretty insane the set, like all the sets and stuff. Um apparently it was shot in Mexico City, so everything is like fake. Mm. Like it looks like a Chicago suburb or something, but it or a California suburb or whatever. But man, it's so detailed. And especially when they're shrunken um i like the backyard all that shit it all looks good it all still looks really really good and even like the ant um auntie and uh the scorpion (laughs) scorpion the scorpion looks good like it all looks really good i was really blown away it's all stop motion no it's stop motion yeah yeah um you know the stories you whatever disney movie but uh yeah for me this is just like a special effects showcase extravaganza yeah it mm. really is um oh Stuart gordon yeah he directed reanimator yeah yeah <laughs> that's what it was he like basically um came up with the idea and like he was about to like they were about to start shooting and he like got sick or yeah, something it says he brought it to disney so, yeah yeah mm. that's a bummer for him yeah. yeah it is but uh joe johnston went on to be a kind of a big deal for disney so yeah, yeah. uh Totally solid. Hold up. It's been a long time since I've seen it. You have this, or you? Oh, we watched it on Netflix. Okay. Oh. I uh, haven't seen it in a very Hulu. Long time. I can't remember. I like. Uh, mm. I always remember liking the neighbor, the father. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Matt Brewer. I was Who's this guy? Of, think he is Mister Wizard? <laughs> yeah. All the char- all, like all the characters are like they all have their quirks. You know, like they're like he's got a hat on. You know, it's, like, it's all unique. Like everything just looks good. Yeah. I don't know. Really well. I made. love the scene when they eat the oatmeal pie. Yeah, they, like dig the cream out. It's yeah. like I want that cream. Yeah, in me. It's like what they do now, but with nostalgia. But back then, there's like no nostalgia. It's just right. like it's just like hey, you original. know about oatmeal pies? Yeah, everybody loves oatmeal pies. Let's have an oatmeal pie. Like now, this would be like a throwback to everything. They'd just be well, like, now it would be now they would remake this movie and it would be set in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is retarded. Um, or they are they'd set it now and there'd be like a giant iPhone that they have to jump on to like call somebody. I mean, well, to yeah. be completely fair, you do get some fifties vibes like in the beginning. Like I don't know, it just feels like idyllic, you know, like well, I mean, 1950s they're in a, they're in the suburbs, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a thing it's holy like eighties, it's pretty like family comedies. There is yeah. a lot of throwback to the fifties and yeah, the sixties yeah. and stuff. It's the, you, Ra- the Reagan yeah. era. Have you seen Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? I haven't seen any of okay. the sequels. No. I saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kid in the theater. Ah. Wow. Was when it I good? I was a child. I don't remember. I was like seven <laughs> years old or something. Yeah, I remember. Does that Rick, Mar- uh, Rick Moranis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Rick Moranis and Carrie Russell, who does not age <laughs> ever. I, I know she was in it. Yeah. She's, the, she's Matt the babysitter. Matt in it, too, huh? Is he in it? I don't know. I know the third one, it's Rick Moranis, but it's like a new neighbor. It's like a bald, fat guy. Yeah, yeah. 
it's like, honey, we shrunk ourselves. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a direct-to-video. Honey, I don't think we're using in a fabric softener. How has he not marketed the the shrinking ray by then? Who, who why is he still? Knows? Why is he still he fucking? With, yeah, right? why is he still fucking with this thing in his in his attic? Who knows, man? <laughs> great power, great responsibility, man. <laughs> he doesn't destroy the machine at the end of the first one. No, I don't. No, I think doesn't somebody else get shrunk at the? Are you sure he? Somebody oh, destroys the machine at no. some point. Yeah, because it gets fucked up by the baseball. No, or, he takes the or again, he takes like, like a he takes oh, the baseball right. bat and starts beating it. Oh, does he? And then like the screws are like falling on the ground. They're like falling. Through. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah, kids are running from yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and then he yeah. takes the broom and he's like brooming them. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he fixes it. Okay, <laughs> to bring them back. <laughs> right, right. But I, I remember him like being pissed off and like destroying it. Right. Okay. Uh, watched Lost Highway, the David Lynch movie. All right, um, here we go. I had actually like started it earlier but for some i don't remember why but for some reason i didn't actually finish it but um yeah i mean i think uh i think it was a little long um oh yeah that's long yeah this you know but i I, (laughs) it's got a a lot of hilarious parts like specifically with uh like (laughs) That killer the late '90s soundtrack. Boy, yeah. I love the soundtrack. I love yeah, every Rammstein song. Yeah, it's like, amazing. And the way, like the way he uses like the those particular songs in the movie. You know, like, like when old boy walks into the into the living room and he sees the porno playing and he sees Rosanna Arquette. Oh, <laughs> it's great. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> that scene where like. Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. See, this is where 199,000 horsepower comes in. <laughs> he runs the guy off the road. And he starts that was beating the him most up. Random the Robert Loja. Robert Loja yeah, starts Robert just, Loja. just wailing on this guy, like recounting like uh, highway safety <laughs> statistics to him. Like it takes six tire lengths to stop to stop a car. If you had, if I had had to make a sudden turn, you would have hit me. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous very uh, much so um and yeah like robert blake as the the mystery man super super creepy like yeah he's weird yeah i'm at your house <laughs> at first at i was like this is not creepy right at now. all like this is kind of ridiculous it gets fucking weird though yeah well yeah. i think like i think when i started watching it the first time i was probably like in my early 20s but like now at 31 i'm like Wait, hold on, no. Like home like home invasion is a much <laughs> yeah, bigger yeah. like fear. So So yeah, there's there's that and um Henry Rollins, actor of the year, am I right? <laughs> that wife killer looks pretty fucked up. I don't even remember him in this. Yeah, thing. I mean he's in there for like two minutes. He's in heat. I remember him in heat. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> Would you what say else? that this is where would you put this in mm. Lynch's filmography? I'd have to watch a lot more of Lynch's oh, stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, it's high, high tier. Nah. Well, I think near like, the top. I think like parts of it are like knowing what I the little that I do know about Lynch. Like parts of it, I think are like probably like as on as he's ever been. But then other parts of the movie, maybe not so much. Um, I think it's his best looking movie. There's too. a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, it's shot beautifully. I, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. And because uh, I mean, after this, it, everything kind of looks like shit. 
Yeah. Even Mulholland Drive, your favorite? I mean, it's... Mulholland Drive doesn't look good. It looks it televisual. Look, yeah. like, okay, the first, right. Especially the first half of it. Whenever it, whenever Naomi Watts becomes like a wreck, I think right. it looks On better. purpose or not, it doesn't look as very... Yeah. It doesn't look okay. as good. Okay. And of course, Inland Empire is abrasive. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, give it Twin a Peaks looks good, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, Firewalk with me looks good, too. Yeah. The Return looks great, of course. But, uh, yeah, and Firewalk... I, I, I don't know if I'd say The Return looks great. It looks good. I don't know about that. <laughs> it looks, it looks good. Digital. Uh, looks really? Like, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I it don't looks know. very uh, digital. I don't see that. If I had to pick a favorite Lynch, it would probably be Blue Velvet. But uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Give this one a three and a half. Sweet. All right. Well, I uh, let's see here. Gonna get rid of this honey. I shrunk their kids. Garbage. I uh, come on. We drove to New Orleans to see my friend Dahmer. <laughs> To complete our Dahmer trilogy, mm. <laughs> uh, it's a new movie directed by Mark Myers, um, to, adapted from a graphic novel, which was written and drawn by a man who actually did go to school with Jeffrey Dahmer in the seventies. Oh wow! And uh, was his friend apparently. Mm. And this movie was uh, really, really great. I really enjoyed it a lot. It's a very interesting, like origin story of a serial killer. Kind of shows the path he went down in order to become the person that he became and uh, the kind of factors that contributed to that, like his mother's like severely unbalanced uh, played by Anne Heche, who's really great in the movie actually. And uh, Mm. his, his dad is kind of clueless and uh, like wants him to work out more so he can get, he can attract females like you can get yourself a girlfriend and like he's like you know he's gay so obviously that's not something he's interested in um shows his uh just like just all this stuff with like him in the high school hanging out with his buddies is just such a blast to watch like it's like it's like watching uh dazed and confused you know (laughs) it's just like so much fun it's just like these guys goofing on each other and like playing pranks and they all like jeffrey Dahmer because he like he like spazzes out like he acts like he, he essentially he's making fun of this uh, this handicapped person in the neighborhood but he's like he's like freaks out and like starts running down the halls and like throwing stuff everywhere and, and they just think it's like a they just think it's so funny they think it's a riot you know mm. and so that's why they become friends with him and uh they form the Jeffrey Dahmer fan club where it's like it's like they think he's he's just like he's a comedic genius and uh they're kind of nerds too so it like it makes sense but um also reminded me a lot of freaks and geeks in that way because uh, they're all like into, you know, I don't know, like alternative comedy of the time, I guess. Like uh, mm. one of them talks about Monty Python. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, um, but anyways, uh, you know, just a really, really, really well made movie. Really disturbing at certain parts. Uh, very much humanizes Jeffrey Dahmer. Like shows that he's like a normal person. He's not a normal person. He's definitely got problems even at the beginning of the film. Um, He's got internal, like, situate like, things that are irreversibly, like, you know, fucked up about his mind. Mm. But it gives you the impression that he might not have become a killer had certain other things not happened. He might not have taken it that far. You know, he might have done some other horrible things. But uh, it sh- shows the escalation of him. You know, he's obsessed with animals. And, like, he, fi- he gets roadkill and he... His father's a chemist, so his father gives him acid to use, and he like dissolves the animals in jars because he's a, he wants to know what bones look like and stuff. And uh, and it's and it's like yeah, that's weird. But he's like he's always talking about how he wants to when he graduates, he's going to major in biology. He's just interested in biology, you know. So hmm. it's like you get the feeling like had he done that, 
he would have just become like a like a doctor or something, you know. But uh, his father kind of realizes that it's not healthy, and he cause, he destroys all of his stuff and tells him he's not going to give him any more chemicals, and he destroys the shed where he's working, and it gets it gets you the feeling like had he just left him alone. You know, he might have just kept going with that and he might not have escalated to the point where he was killing animals and uh, then eventually, you know, trying to kill human beings. Really? Because the last the last scene is the where he picks up the hitchhiker, his first victim in 1978, which was two two weeks after he graduated high school. He killed his Mm. first guy. And uh, yeah, it's really it's but it's I mean, I can't stress enough. It'll be on my top 10 of the year. It's really, really good. Um, So check it out. Even I think even if you. It really helps, obviously, that we just watched this Dahmer documentary and then the other movie on Dahmer. Like, it helps to know certain things like that, I guess. But, like, I think even if you didn't know anything about him, it would it plays pretty well. It's, like, not... It doesn't require you to know a whole lot of background. So, hmm. four and a half. Sweet. Oh, killer, killer track by the Bizarros in the credits. I've never heard of this band, but they're, like, this punk band from the 70s. Hmm. Super good song. That name sounds familiar. The Bizarro. I've never heard of it. They're really cool. Mm. Anyway. Cool. I just have Enter the Void left. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I watched, uh, rewatched uh, Almost Famous last night. Um, it was okay. <laughs> you rewatched. Rewatched. You need uh, to make sure you click rewatch, I know, bro. I know, I know. Well, I didn't, like, I'd forgotten to log it last night. Like, uh, I just, I remembered this morning, like, oh, yeah, I didn't log that one. Um, you know, not, a, <laughs> not much to say about it, huh? Not really. Well, the one thing, the one thing that I will say, there's that scene where uh, Patrick Fugit is talking to uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and like, on the phone or on in like the, the the very first scene where oh, okay, they actually yeah. like meet in person, and um, after he plays the Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop, yeah, <laughs> and, Amen, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, what do you th- what do you think about Lou Reed? I like him. Uh, his earlier stuff. Now he's just trying to be Bowie. And I'm like, I mean, knowing what I know about both of them, especially yeah. like, I'm guessing this was like 73, 74 when this movie is taking place. It doesn't say when it's taking place. I always assume it was I don't like re- 75, 76. It, it might, I but. It makes uh, that much of a difference, but I mean. Well, I mean. But like just just for him to like say that that sounds really like okay you're you you're obviously just trying to have an opinion because yeah. <laughs> Lou Reed and David Bowie are very very different musically and especially Bowie in the seventies had a lot of you know like pretty much every album was a different musical genre mm-hmm. Lou Reed certainly did not have that going on and also like Transformer was produced by Bowie. Right. Same with uh, Raw Power by by the Stooges. So it's like, dude, like it sounds like you're trying to sound smart, but for people who <laughs> well, like, actually... To, he's trying to impress Lester Banks. Yeah, but it's like... I, <laughs> <laughs> I like when they're talking on the phone and he says, because uh, are you at home or something? He says, I'm always, I'm always at home. home. I'm, I'm uncool, cool. yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene. <laughs> like, best. like... Philip Seymour Hoffman's only in the movie for like maybe a total of eight minutes, and he steals the show. He's great, yeah, yeah. I really like Billy Crudup in a lot. Billy too. Crudup is good. Uh, Jason Lee, uh, he's all right. Yeah, he's funny at points. I'm just one of the out of focus guys. Yeah, 
<laughs> Noah Taylor, I thought, was pretty great as the, you know, like, how do you feel bumbling about, roadie. How do you feel about Jimmy Fallon as their manager? That was pretty funny, like, seeing him with, like, the hair and the glasses. It's it's bizarre. It is. It is he, like, he, he does his, uh, if you think for one second that Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones are going to be up there when they're in their 70s trying to, trying to dance, be rock stars. Yeah, trying to be rock stars. <laughs> you and are it's like, sorely mistaken. <laughs> yeah, it's like... But it's true. It yeah, like it's totally fifties and beyond. Right. <laughs> like now. I like the uh my favorite scene in the movie is when the plane is going down. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Jimmy Fallon says, <laughs> I hit a guy in my car. <laughs> I just kept going. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, They're all like, confessing their like, uh worst. I slept with Rachel. It didn't count. That was our year without rules. Uh and then like the, the drummer says he's gay. I'm gay. And then, and then the plane, then the plane rides. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, yeah, I, yeah, it's really great. I don't know though. Part of me thinks like Cameron Crowe is like, man, I, I, I need to, I need to work all this like really emotional stuff in, but I don't know what to do. Hey, Seinfeld's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's. Yeah, but I mean that's like not well, also, that scene like, is a comedic scene. I don't think that scene's like emotional necessarily. Well, I guess it's more like I got to clear the air yeah. with a lot of with a lot of this stuff. Sure. Um I like yeah. I mean the whole I think the 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 stuff that Cameron Crowe gets called out a lot on is is like his sappy sentimentality and stuff. And I think a lot of that yeah, that's in the movie too, but yeah. I I think this is probably one of the better examples of how he handles it, you know. Like I like the when when Billy Crudup comes back to his house and finally does the interview. Yeah. And he's and he asks him the question, what do you like about music? And he says first of all everything. Like this is good. That's a good line, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like good yeah. writing and uh and it just cuts right there and it's like uh you know, like it doesn't get to the kind of ridiculous uh, melodramatic situations that some of his other films do, mm. I would say. Yeah, I, I like Almost Famous quite a bit. Okay. It's not my favorite Cameron Crowe, but what is your favorite Cameron Crowe? Vanilla Sky fucking rules, and I'll take anybody to task on it. Okay, <laughs> come at me because Vanilla Sky is the shit. It's amazing, and Tom Cruise is unbelievably good in it. Okay, I guess I'm gonna say hmm? it's trash. Fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. I, don't, I haven't seen. That I wouldn't in, say it's. I haven't bad, seen that in over ten years. I know. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I wouldn't say it's that good. I either. really, I really, really, really like it. And I like yeah. Jerry Maguire a lot when I saw it, but I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's it for me. I uh, I have three more. <laughs> Jeez, but John's have, on fire. But I don't have a lot. To Who's say on vacation? About some of these. Yeah, that's I, true. Okay, so I rewatched The Hitcher, uh, <laughs> which is directed by some guy. Uh, it stars Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell and uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is from the 80s. Mm. It's a horror film, or a thriller, I guess, uh, about a young man who picks up, picks up a hitchhiker who turns out to be like a kind of serial killer, freak, uh, villain, sociopath, who was played by Rutger Hauer. And uh, I wanted to be wanting to rewatch this for a long time, so I downloaded it and, and watched it, and it just, uh, it's not very good. It's, uh, it's, it's well made. Uh, I think the story is not that great, and... It see Thomas Howell. I don't. I I haven't seen The Outsider since I was in high school, but he is one of the worst actors I've ever seen. He's awful in this, and he's just trying to emote so much and like scream and be angry, and it's just embarrassing. And Rutger Hauer. This is a couple of years after Blade Runner, mm. and he's essentially just doing Roy Batty again. He's trying to be really? very like grave and you know wow. like kind of like silly but scary at the same time and it just really doesn't work uh, and it's pretty goofy and uh 
he's not that great in it either. And Jennifer Jason Lee is in it uh, for some reason. Uh, I'm assuming just because she was in Flesh and Blood with Rutger Hauer, so he got her the job maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's okay in it. She's barely in it. And she really exists only so Rutger Hauer can kill her. And uh, there can be like this final showdown, which I will say, if I'd say anything for the movie, it's got a lot of fucking balls because the way in which they kill uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is very extreme. Mm. Uh, he he essentially uh, links her between a semi truck and a trailer, and he rips her apart. Jesus. Like draws and quarters. Yeah. Oh, ouch. yeah. And it's fucked. And he shows it. Not show it, but they, oh. you hear it. It's you, a lot of cabbage he's, crunching. He's like he, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the foley artist was real busy on this one. Uh, uh, no, he was. He's like in the truck, and like he, the cops are surrounding him, and he's got her like she's like you know stretched between him, and he's just Jesus. like, oh, oh. and it's, you see the, the the tires just like inch forward, and he's like, ah, she's screaming and stuff, and then the, the cops are like, you got to go in there and talk. he wants to talk to you, you got to go in there and talk him down, which is like utterly retarded that you know they would ask him to to uh talk this guy down but right. anyway he gets up in the trailer and they they talk for a second not about any, like again the writing is horrible they, they barely say anything of consequence mm. before he uh just throws it into gear and floors it <laughs> you hear her body rip apart and her insides hit the ground and um oh. yeah which i would say is like that's pretty that's pretty intense right yeah, yeah for for any movie uh and then uh he gets arrested and there's like this final showdown where uh, C. Thomas Howell like runs their prison van off the road and shoots him with a shotgun and kills him. And uh, it's you know it's all right, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't like a piece of shit or anything. It's just like it's it's kind of just dumb fun, I guess. But uh. um, after that, watched uh, the Bad Batch, directed by Anna Lily Amanpour or something. I don't know. She's an Iranian director, I think. Uh, this is her second film. It stars Jason Momoa. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> All right. Some girl, Suki Waterhouse, who I don't know who the fuck that is, but she's mm. in it. And uh, she's a star. And it's like this post-apocalyptic thing where they... The people that are considered uh, unworthy of society uh, are put into... They're called Bad Batch, and they're put into this area in Texas that's all desert. It's gated off, and the movie starts with her being put into that. And uh, obviously, there are a lot of cannibals in this area. And so, the first thing that happens is she gets caught, and she gets her arm and leg chopped off and eaten. And uh, she escapes the cannibal people, and then she goes to this other uh, village that's run by Keanu Reeves, who's <laughs> pretty ridiculous and not very good in this. Uh, he's got this bizarre mustache, and um, she. Jason Momoa is like the head cannibal and he comes looking for her because she kills his wife and steals his daughter. It's it's a piece of shit. Don't get I, I don't even really want to Sounds talk so incredibly much about it. convoluted. It's really yeah. lame and uh just it's like trying to be like dark darkly comic too and it's just like oh, not no. funny at all and um I'd say most of the acting is like poor, especially this girl Suki Waterhouse. Like she's awful and uh She's got like she's apparently she's British and she's got this country accent that she's affecting throughout the whole thing. It's it's really terrible. I would uh, say stay away, veer veer far away from that one. Um, and then finally, yeah, last night I, I watched uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire, directed by Dan Gilroy, his follow up to Nightcrawler, which I didn't love but I thought was decent. And 
uh, from the trailers, really wanted to see this one. I just thought it looked like it could be good and that Denzel looked good in it. And uh, it's about a lawyer named Roman Israel who loses his job and goes to work for this uh, big firm run by uh, Colin Farrell's character. And I think they're trying to get at something like he once had values and like was stood for something, Mm. but money corrupted him and he went down the easy path of like, you know, least resistance of doing criminal pseudo criminal activity as a lawyer. And, uh, but this movie is so bizarre. It's so strange tonally. Like it's trying to be funny at certain points and it just, it's just weird. And, uh, I really couldn't even like, I thought about writing a review for it, but I don't even know what I'd say. It's just really <laughs> strange. Mm. It's a really strange movie. And Denzel is certainly, he's not bad in it, but you, you just get the feeling that, like, he, it almost feels like he created the character and, like, went to Dan Gilroy and was really? like, write this script. Because he's just so in this character, and it's almost embarrassing. Like, he's just, like, so, there's so many, like, ridiculous, like, little things that he's doing and he's just he's indulging himself as an actor it feels like mm. and um mm. in in the place of you know creating an interesting story or or character development or anything like that and um i don't know just a, a story that kind of goes nowhere and uh there's a little bit of like suspense i guess at certain points but it's nothing very exciting and i wouldn't recommend it it certainly looks great it's shot by robert elswit uh i'd say the direction is solid but um, aside from that, I, don't, I couldn't say anything positive about it. I gave it a two and a half. Mm. Pretty middle of the road. Damn. Which is unfortunate. But uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, if we're all done here, yeah, got to move on to our review of Enter the Void. Enter directed the Void. by Gaspar Noe from 2009. Mm-hmm. Starring Paz de la Huerta and some French guy. And Paz. The, like main, the main guy who is some nobody. And... Uh, mm. Yeah, you see the back of his head a lot. Yeah, so I'd he doesn't matter. Say this movie is about a man who dies, and he's a drug dealer. Yeah, he dies, and he sees his entire life flash before his eyes. I guess, and then, and then some. I would say flash is a weird word. Yeah, it's not really. It takes flash. about an hour. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> his brain slowly dies, and he sees his life, right. and then it continues after that. Well, yeah. he then he sees what happens to the people yeah. that he knew. I guess it's a spoiler. Not really. What happens at the end? Oh. I guess you can see it coming because of the book, the Tibetan book, and yeah, uh, yeah of the dead and everything. But anyways, uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll let one. Of you, what do you guys think of this movie? Um, this was definitely not as shocking on second watch. I remember it being. I was like, there were certain parts that I remember being way worse than they were, uh, like the abortion scene. I remember that being disturbing, and it wasn't at all. Uh, <laughs> you love abortion. The no, the uh, <laughs> internal penis cum shot at the end <laughs> was uh, he, ri- ridiculous. He repeats that in love. Wow, the internal cum shot. It's just mm. I laughed out loud. I think it's actually more of it in love it's again. Longer. <laughs> um. Jesus, uh, it's, it's really solid though. It's 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 long. I think it's a little long. I think that 
it wouldn't make any sense. I know this wouldn't make any sense, but the the entire time I was rewatching this, I was like, I really just wish these people were like Japanese. I wish that everyone was Japanese. I don't know why. Like, I just feel like it's just it's so weird to see like all these European dudes in Tokyo. It just felt off yeah. to me. And like the Japanese people are just off in the distance. Like the, you, they don't matter. This is a Japanese guy who impregnates her. Yeah, but he he doesn't abortion. even say words. He's like, he doesn't even, it's just. That's your brother. That's not my brother. <laughs> it just felt weird. I don't know. Like, it's a really ridiculous nitpick, but like, and it would like completely alter the story in every conceivable way. But it just, I was like, the whole time I'm just like, man, I just wish these subtitles and they were Japanese characters. Mm-hmm. I'd be more into it. I don't know why, but like, I don't know. It's an incredibly solid movie, and it's extremely well done, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's out there. Speaking of the abortion scene, are either of you guys familiar with uh, Final Exit? No. No, uh, no, I don't guess. What is that? So Final Exit is this haunted house that it shows let's see oh the christian thing? the christian yeah thing. I've heard. Like, i watched the documentary yeah like it's this. like it yeah. shows um like uh like a kid kills school kill, shooting yeah school shooting a kid kills himself his himself because he's why would you want to see this because it's because it's true, scaring the you true too. horror of the world yeah but it's like real that's not really cool <laughs> yeah but the but the whole but like the whole point of it is you it's could have you could have avoided you... all of this if you had accepted jesus christ exactly that's, oh, that's I, the I, point I see, I see okay yeah so so like uh so there's the actual there's like an actual like haunted house kind of deal that they do but there's also a video that pretty much does the same thing Ugh. like uh like there's this kid who like has unprotected sex before marriage and he ends up with AIDS and the, and the girl who's like high on whatever is ignoring, is ignoring his pleas. He goes into a room, kills himself and then they finally get the door open and there's like more blood that could possibly physically be contained by a human being all over the walls. And there's it's another the AIDS blood. <laughs> Apparently this is so, and, uh, that's so absurd. To everybody me. in the room now has AIDS. <laughs> it's airborne. <laughs> I would I would not be surprised. <laughs> but there but there is there is a scene where this woman is going into a clinic and she's getting an abortion and of course, you know, like oh, we're God. losing her, we're losing her and you know, beep. And then they so they rush off. But then the camera like slowly descends on the uterus. <sighs> I am sorry, uh, the on, fetus. on the fetus, the dead fetus. The, the dead fetus in this rusty tray and It's rusty. The, the tray course. is rusty. The tray, it's like a back alley, just yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. So it's so it's honing in on this fetus. Why didn't you love me, mommy? Why didn't you love me? <laughs> That's intense. Like people want, like people want to talk about you know, like movies like this or whatever. Like that is the sickest fucking shit I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the documentary that you that you're no, talking about. No, you, no, no. Did you is, go to this haunted house? No this this was a video that oh, I okay, saw I see, I that see, I, I saw see. in my piano class. There's a documentary. It was on Netflix. They showed a few they years showed ago. School? Yeah, like uh, I d- I don't think. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like propaganda, man. It pretty pretty um, much. Have you seen uh, uh, Lake of Fire? 
No. It's a documentary about abortion by Tony Kay. It's uh, it's a really very, oh, very powerful right. black and white, really uh, mm. disturbing. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Um, you should check it out. It's intense. Yeah. But uh, what did you feel about Enter the Void? <laughs> I got to be honest. Outside I was, of the uh, abortion scene. I was pretty bored through most of it. I... I, I I, it's, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I yeah, hate to say that. I really do. But this guy just backpedaling. No, 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 no. It was really I, solid. I, I, I gave, I gave it a four and a half. I, I, I liked this movie a lot. But like parts, I was just like, man, like it's just masturbatory. Okay, like, I will points. say. I'm just you, like, you should, like, you should also be aware of the fact, though, that he's watching a 20 minute longer version. That's true. I really want to find out what what was that. I, I uh, we'll talk about that in yeah. a minute. But okay, continue. But yeah, I mean, it's you know almost almost three hours. The the drama that unfolds could have easily been done in like an hour thirty, hour forty. Um, and you know, like when he's like tripping on DMT and it's like, oh, look at all the pretty colors. And it's like, whatever, man. Like, yeah, it was a bit much. Like personally, I need something like to get me going through this story. I need a reason to be going through all this. And I did not feel like it was this whole thing. Slow burner. Like the fact that we have to see him die twice and you know, like, yeah, there's some interesting stuff where it's like, you know, you like you find out later that, uh, you know, like he slept with Victor's mom and like Victor finds out. And so like that adds this dimension to where like Victor's like, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. And then cops, cops, cops. Um, but yeah, it just takes too long. It's boring. It's not. I mean, do Japanese cops have guns? Apparently, the apparently these do. probably do. Uh, detectives. Yeah, because they're, they're the ones. They're plain clothes. Guys. Shoot him. I guess it was a sting. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It must have been. Yeah. But yeah, and then and of course, like the whole you know, like what's his face explaining the Tibetan Book of the Dead to him, and then we see that played out through another two and yeah. a half hours. It's like, oh come on, man. <laughs> I think it would have been solid as hell if it was like a, a solid two hours. Hmm. Could have condensed in a lot. Yeah, visually, I thought it was pretty interesting, especially with like with all of the like overhead shots and all that kind of stuff. And um, I thought the the, uh, the credit sequence was really great. Like the fact that they did That's the entire yeah. the entire credits. Yeah. You know, not just like you know the usual stuff at the beginning but like the entire thing in that kind of style that and was, it's funny that he does that yeah. and it's like he's clearly rushing the credits because he just wants to get into the movie yeah and it, the movie is so the opposite of that it's like slow 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 but the, the credits are like intense and yeah quick. <laughs> yeah yeah the credits are like a rave yeah but uh okay well uh i'll say uh i felt similar to jonathan i guess i i felt like it was uh definitely not as intense as i remembered it being yeah. Um, it's just probably because I've seen a lot more stuff since then that is, you know, more extreme, I guess, or as extreme. And uh, this just doesn't, uh, and I guess knowing what's coming, like knowing about the abortion scene ahead of time, it's obviously not going to, like having it in my head is like, this is going to be extreme. And then it's, you know, it's like, well. I don't want, I mean, I, I, to be to be clear, I don't want it to be extreme. I'm not like some, you know, I don't need to see live abortion. You're a gore No, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> Holy God, no. You love but, faces uh, of death. I just remember this being like, oh God, like, and I was just like, what, what the fuck did I look away at? And the like, last time I saw this, I, well, you probably well, not not knowing what's coming. Yeah, probably, you know, you probably looked away just expecting something. Yeah. But um, mm. uh, but I, I I think it is. Uh, I I don't agree that it's. Uh, mm. I I or rather I 
you know, you said you were bored. I wasn't bored. But I can see how you were. I mean, it's slow. It's a slow movie. And I, I will say that it is like self indulgent. I don't I, I the only the main problem I have with it is the um any time that his spirit or his point of view goes into like a light and then it's just like shapes and stuff it's for like, like four a minute minutes. and a half. Yeah, I'm just like this, mm. every time it happens, it's like five minutes. Right. I'm just like just yeah. cut this out because like this is a nightmare. Like as I just want to get back to the to him looking at the actual stuff. Like because yeah. looking at like shapes and stuff doesn't do much for yeah. me, you know. But um, I I I I like the story. I agree, it's really thin and it could be told a lot quicker. But I think that the the. The, there's a clear difference between like the story here and the plot, which is that like you know the plot is what it is. It's like you know he dies, uh, and then it's like her story about her, him looking at her and what she's doing. She she gets impregnated. She has an abortion. She uh, mourns the death of her brother. Uh, whatever the all the stuff with Victor and his family, and then uh, but the like the overarching story is obviously more in line with the. Tibetan Book of the Dead and this idea of reincarnation and uh, the spirit yeah. leaving the body and stuff like that. And I, I, I like all that stuff a lot. I like the, I like that. I mean, one of my favorite scenes, which is kind of a goofy thing to say, it's a favorite scene of mine, but I, I really like the scene when they're they're leaving the apartment and he's just talking about the Book of the Dead to him all the way down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I really, I really dug that whole thing. I just like the way it was like they're just walking down the stairs talking. And, um, I don't at, at all understand uh, wanting it to be Japanese, <laughs> but that's fine. I don't. I it just, just felt odd. I don't to me. I mean, it's made by a French director. No, so I, like, I, I understand. Sense that. Of, like one of the characters. I just don't understand. Then why is it expats? In, you know? I, yeah, I just. I, it's, I think it it's made weird. in Tokyo because it's uh, neon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like why? Why was uh, only God forgives? In yeah, that's true. You know? You're like, right. You're right. You, know, you make a movie somewhere because you fall in love with the place. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that Gaspar Noe thinks Tokyo is the shit. And I will say that Tokyo looks unbelievably cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go there Even as a apartment. It's awesome. Everything looks amazing. <laughs> like, His micro apartment. Yeah, it looks killer as fuck. I just, everything looks so cool. And, um, yeah, I, I dug it. I dug it a bit. Uh, I will say that it's... Uh, it's not. It's like number three for me on his list. Really? Now, which whereas, whereas before I watched anything, I would have said it's definitely number one. But it's it's behind Irreversible in Love at this point. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just because of that. Just because of the the again the the pacing. I think is a little bit. I say the most aggressive thing about it is the pacing. It's like they force you to watch these things that are not interesting. Yeah. Like the light stuff. Like again, yeah, him being on DMT, like any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, is not. I, I like all of the the you know the flash of his life or whatever that like kind of forty five minute to an hour segment where it's just his life from the back of his head. I love that shit. All yeah. that stuff's amazing, and I like how all that connects. Like how they do the match cuts of like him looking at his sister as adults, and then it cuts to them as children, and they're like in the same positions looking at each other. Like mm-hmm. I, I like all that kind of stuff. I think that's really cool. I think Gaspar Noe's a really talented director and he's very he's got a very unique style and uh this the the conceit of this film as being like a spirit from all from the point of view of the spirit it really works with his style because i mean that's what he does essentially in all his movies is that he's just like this floating eye you know so yeah i dug it i dug it a lot now we already talked about the cum cam. How would you feel about the cum cam, Kevin? The hentai cam. <laughs> the I've, tentacle rape cam. I've seen enough of that in my youth. To I just laughed. I just I was like, I forgot about it actually. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't really have an opinion on it one way or another. What do you feel like, about the like, the, uh, the okay. idea of of uh, like at the end that whole segment in the love hotel? How I'm assuming those people are actually having sex. I mean, you can yeah, see like possible. dicks everywhere, and they're that that uh, Victor kid is clearly sucking on that guy's dick. Yeah, unless it's a prosthetic, which it's, it might be a prosthetic, but I'm just saying like you yeah. know it's pretty extreme. Yeah, yeah. Does this turn you off or? I don't feel one way or another about it. <laughs> Did you get a rager when you were watching it? No. So you had to cut it off and uh <laughs> No, I mean I was still I was Come still bored bored and still bored. Oh brutal. Okay. Yeah. Well, brutal, man. You just hated this thing, huh? Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> You're allowed to hate stuff. You you know. <laughs> I said it would be a great oh. it would be a great film to watch in three D. Oh yeah. Wouldn't that sure. make it slightly more interesting? Is it a 3D? That would be an they experience. Have it in 3D? I don't for think sure. so. Love was, but not this. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wow. wasn't there some like incest hinted at between the two of them, the I brother think, and sister? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah she, she's like kissing she, on him. And she stuff. licks yeah, his yeah, ear at one point. Weird. Yeah, yeah. It's very, really so, weird. And she's um, very. Uh, her tits are showing a lot when they're in the room together. So it's weird. They're very comfortable with each other, to say the least. Um, yeah. The end of the Love Hotel thing, uh, it was like the exact same. Tokyo became like the exact same as like that dude's model. Yeah. 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 Whatever. That was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. It was really yeah. neat. Yeah. The Love Hotel, the model of the Love Hotel is in love also. It's on the, on really? the, on the guy's uh, night table. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty, that's pretty neato. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's a hard movie to judge. For me, because it just it feels like so outside of normal, the normal constraints of cinema or like what what movies normally are. Like you don't, I mean, I can't think of any other movie that's like from the perspective of a ghost. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a it's a weird idea, and um, this like the whole like how he floats from room to room, from building to building, and like. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's no cutting really. It's just right. like I mean, there's clearly like, I mean, there hidden is, cuts. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's like hovering constantly. Right. So it's it's difficult to say. And I think all that stuff. I think it's successful, but I agree that it's long winded at times. And there's parts that even look. It looks completely CG. Like it's yeah. like completely CG, but then like people get out of the car and it's like it's not. It's just like a like a lens or something, or it's just like blur. I think, that I think it is. I think a lot of it is CG. Yeah. And that. Like that shot that you're talking about when they're in the, in the they get out of the taxi yeah. in the love hotel that that shot does look CG it does the door opens yeah I think it's probably just like layering they probably like mm. that shot probably is CG and they try to so? they try to like mm. match it to something that's real but uh, and I like the uh, the lens like camera lens bending yeah like that happens a lot where it just like slowly bends back it shows the entire and gets fish eye whatever has Huerta hot or not she's okay. See scale of one to ten, probably a six. Hot or not? Now is this is this <laughs> sexist to talk about whether or not a girl is attractive? No, because we're hetero- heterosexual males. But are we are we objectifying <laughs> well, married, her so, uh, by saying that she is <laughs> hot or not? Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know Probably okay. okay I think me, she did a pretty decent acting job. Oh, I think if, she's if a, that, she's a, she's, that, a, she's, a, she's a good actress. Aesthetically, I, yeah. I mean, she's attractive. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, let's see what that has to do with it. <laughs> nothing. It's just a question. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> my 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 question would be: If 
you say a girl is attractive, are you automatically objectifying her by saying she's attractive? Because you're not looking at her personality. You're looking at her body and her face and her whatever, her hair. You're making an object out of her. You're saying she's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Like, she's not a beautiful person because I don't know her. Pastel Huerta is a beautiful woman. Yeah, but how could you, how could you possibly know her personality by just watching the you film? You couldn't, you yeah. I mean? That's so my the, entire point. My yeah. entire point is that how can you be sexist by saying a girl is attractive? I think it's impossible to know everything about sex. Yeah, that's, that's just ridiculous. I what think we is? objectify everything in I agree. a certain way. Let's talk. Yeah, it was like, it was like, <laughs> well, it was like you were you talking about earlier the thing with in itself, the so. object versus equipment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like you were talking about earlier with uh, like the shots of Thor, uh, sure. especially in the first Thor, you know, where he like does that full turn and, you know, he's obviously like jacked and six pack and all Fuck that. Yeah. Like, did you get rock hard on that one? No. Or? Okay. Well, what I don't well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Not really into not really into Chris Hemsworth. Oh, um, what makes no sense is like nowadays it's pretty well. I mean, I, I guess with young people, it's pretty well established that pornography is okay, and that it's like yeah, you know. I don't know about that. I, I think I think so. I think the majority of people are like not disgusted by pornography. Uh, well, it also know. depends on what you deem pornography. That is like, true too. That's true. What, what's what do you what do you? But what I'm getting at is yeah. like it serves a purpose, and I think most people are okay with that. Hmm. I was talking to my wife today about because uh, she was saying that uh, uh, another podcast I listened to, one of the guys gave a six out of five to Killing of a Sacred Deer, and he said that wow. if you like Kubrick films and Jonathan Glazer films, you'll like this movie. Not to get we're getting way off topic here, but it's important. <laughs> so I was like, I said, I said, I told this to my wife, and uh, I said, so you know, I don't know how much you're going to like it since you hate Kubrick movies. And she's like, Yeah, I don't like Kubrick. And I was like, uh, I was like, but you know, I was like, have, what what Kubrick films have you actually seen? Like, I know we watched Full Metal Jacket together. She didn't like. She that. didn't like that. Oh, no. which is fine. She said she says she likes the first hour of it. She doesn't like that when after after he kills himself. She's like, it's too dark. She doesn't like it. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, what else have you seen? I was like, have you seen uh, Eyes Wide Shut? She's like, yeah, it was all right. It was, I, saw, I was like, well, I mean, like, so you liked it? She's like, no, oh, it's like porn. And I was like, it's like porn? Like, how so? And she's like, it's just really like, there's a lot of sex in it, right? And I was like, not really. It's like, I don't know what you're, I was like, we just watched Love together. Like, she love, watched that with yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> and she liked it. And it's like, love is love is very much closer to actual pornography. Yeah, than, just from what you were describing. Yeah. like yeah. It sounds like, yeah. You don't see any erect penises going into vagina Jesus. in Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> so it's, I, and there's like, you know, two sex scenes in the whole movie. But the point is, is that, uh. You know, I, I was trying to convince her to uh, to watch more uh, more Kubrick stuff. So I don't know how we got to this point, but the <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, she definitely needs to see Doctor Strange Love. I wanted to show her. I told her. I said what we should watch is Lolita because I haven't seen Lolita and mm. I need to see it. And I think it's something that'd be like her speed. You know, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. strange or controversial necessarily. I mean, it is controversial. I guess, yeah, but yeah, it was, it it's not, not, a, you know, uh, not not graphic <laughs> though, or anything. yeah, it's not yeah, like, yeah. Show so, him yes, banging yeah. a girl or anything. Yeah. But how do we get here? Oh, because of, I, I, asked if, I asked if Paz de la Huerta was hot or not, and, right. I, and then I asked if that was a sexist question. I don't think it is because I don't know Paz de la Huerta, and I think that yeah. uh, I think that she is like uh, she's attractive. I don't think she's. Super I think hot. you are uh, asking that question is yeah. objectifying her, but I don't. I don't really see a huge problem with that. <laughs> it sounds terrible. I think, <laughs> no, I think that it goes back to the to the. the 
just well, I suppose like if you're just talking about like, you know, hey, do you think such and such is attractive? Yeah. You know, that's one thing. But if you're like, okay, okay, like. What's attractive I, I, about her? She's got nice tits. That would be well, objectifying. Well, like, say if you were like, you, it, like if you were a director sure. and, you know, like an actress who is attractive, you know, like if you were just like, okay, off with the clothes. But I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> such and such. I would never Treating be naked, them, you know, like, yeah. except for like in the shower or something like right. that. Like if that was your absolute one focus at, you know, apart from any of their personality, their acting, or anything else that they had to offer. Well, obviously, Paz de la Huerta is uh, hired for this film in part because of her willingness to be nude and her That's willingness true. to do these full frontal scenes and have, you know, uh, forceps stuck up her vagina and stuff like that. I mean, like, obviously, you can't just hire any actress. Not every actress would do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and she clearly has no problem being naked on camera. She's been naked in every movie she's ever been in um, and and on Boardwalk Empire for multiple seasons. But uh, <laughs> and, Yeah, that's right. But I just that the, the whole thing is just i guess like the whole issue with uh my ex and that discussion it just it shook me a little bit because like i'm like you know it makes you questions like well here like like i don't know is it sexist like is how where where's the line like is it sexist to look at a female and say she's beautiful and she's got uh beautiful this or beautiful that or is it you know i mean like what can you say and i like it's the last thing i said in that thread was when is it appropriate to be sexy? Like, when can we let women be sexy? Is it not okay to ask them to? I think play the, it the up common sometimes? thing is for them to just do whatever they want, and I agree. they they decide whenever they're. I, and I'm fine with that, but, but I, I'm sure that Gaspar Noe didn't tell her you have to do this, yeah. or you have to. And if he did, that's fucked up, and he shouldn't have. But like, yeah. as far as I as far as I can tell. She seems pretty into it. I mean, she's on the Blu-ray giving interviews, and she seems fine with the movie. Yeah. So. I don't know what's necessarily inherently wrong with any of it. I guess it also depends on like individual uh, taste and sure, you know, sure point of view. Um, because like I thought Kate Blanchett was a, she was so hot as the villain in <laughs> in Ragnarok, but she also did a great performance. So. Am I objectifying? Well, that's her? not a point. I mean, that's that's two, two separate things. It's like I can say yeah. I can say Nicole Kidman in Eyes Wide Shut. She's a beautiful woman. I don't mind at all seeing her naked, and she looks great. Well, how but is she's say, also a great? How actress is saying? How is saying? She did a great. She did a magnificent performance. How is that not objectifying her? Like, how is that not like singling out a single part of her being? I, oh, you know yeah, I mean? is that all? Yeah, I am yeah. an actress. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, no, you make a good I'm not point. trying to like no, I, discredit we, we anyone. We need here. a female in this conversation. We really do. I mean, because yeah. we're three yeah, white yeah. guys talking about shit we probably yeah, yeah, shouldn't yeah. be talking about. Well, I agree. I, I'm very ignorant on this, by the way. So it's like I I'm not too. really. I don't yeah. think any of us are, are qualified. But, yeah. I, but it's an interesting discussion, yeah. and I I would love well, to. Well, especially talk to now it. with everything that's been happening over the past couple of past couple of weeks, it's like, you know, it's the elephant in the room, and like, yeah, maybe we don't have a, you know, maybe we don't have the right to be talking about it. But, I don't know, I don't know and, if it's but a it's, right issue. I think we don't. Maybe maybe we maybe we're. Like John said, we're ignorant, or we don't. Yeah, know yeah, yeah. To be when you're about, raised but, on like '80s movies and '90s movies, and you know, yeah. it's you know, that was just all objectification, and right. you know what I mean? And, yeah, and macho masculinity and stuff. And it's like, 
you know, I, I think, just don't, I think yeah. some of that does need to that be was, brought in the question. That sure. was actually a problem I had, like, uh, oh, what was the movie? Uh, the Searchers, uh, the John Wayne movie. Like, I watched that uh, the other day, and I was like, God, fuck John Wayne and this <laughs> macho bullshit. And, you know, this racist crap that he's spewing, and it's like, like that was the, that was the hero of the fifties and sixties. Give me a break. But at the same time, like Total Recall rules and it does. Predator fucking rules. It does. <laughs> so it's like I, I you know, I, I don't know. You like know. there's a re- well, there's a reason why the meme says unironic bicep flex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how. I I also don't. I don't necessarily. I might might sound like a total douche idiot here. I don't. How is Predator sexist at all? No, I'm, not, I'm saying like like to- toxic masculinity. Why? Or you know what I mean? Why is it toxic? I mean the the shit they say and stuff in the movie, such as such as uh, slack jawed faggot and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a character. I know, I know, but saying it's a, no, but I that mean, you're going to be no. I know it's a character, but it's yeah. still influential. You know what I mean? It still could be like influential on on me. I mean, sure. on, on kids. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we definitely yeah, said yeah. faggot a lot when we were kids. Yeah, probably because of that movie and, and other films. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's when you watch things when you're ten. Okay, that's fair. You know what that's I mean? That's fair. But yeah. I mean, not that it should be censored or anything. At but the same point, just, yeah, at the, yeah. by the same token, though, the main, I mean, that character in the movie is playing the. I mean, that scene when he says those things, a sexual tyrannosaur, yeah, uh, yeah. speech, <laughs> like that's his only screen time, pretty much. And that's his character. He is the macho guy. Like Schwarzenegger's not like him. Yeah. Carl Weathers yeah. is not like him. Uh, you know, Bill Duke, none of them are like him. You're right. Except for that guy. And I mean that's not to make an excuse for the film. I mean, obviously, like I but I don't know that again, like I don't know that that's necessarily like we should that character shouldn't exist because he says the word faggot. No Right. No, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's like like that was just an off the top of my head example. Or even and even like um, you know uh, even like Total Recall, I could see a little bit more in Total Recall only because he he (laughs) physically fights a woman in it. But like the woman's trying to kill him. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and she's clearly like evil. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how like like Rachel Tocotin in that film who plays the uh, brunette love interest. She's not sexualized at all, as far as I remember. No, She's like just so. an action hero, you know. Yeah, which is actually really interesting because we had, we had, had a discussion a long time ago. You had said, "Are there female uh, uh, action stars who aren't sexualized?" Yeah. she would be one, I think. Yeah, because we said definitely uh, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver Sigourney, uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton, Linda, Linda, Linda Hamilton, and T two. Em- Holy em- shit! I said yeah. Emily Blunt and uh, Sicario. Yeah, yeah, and then I think Rachel Coten in this film. I think play. now after watching T two uh, Terminator two, she takes the cake. She is not sexy at all. <laughs> she is like totally like. Well, badass. some people like, like okay, but that's again that's a subjective. thing. That is subjective. Some people would but, like, that sexy I don't. I mean, the fact that she's a yeah, kick ass. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, but she's. Kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taking names. Well, they, yeah. Seriously. Well, we have uh, just totally abandoned the Enter the Void discussion. <laughs> but I think we, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how much more there is to say about it. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I like it. Uh, I don't love it. I guess that's my, the last thing I, I was say. expecting, like, mind blowing. I thought it was going to blow my mind again, too. Yeah. And it just yeah. didn't. I think it's a good on a first time watch, unless you're Kevin. And then, uh, <laughs> 
I think I have a. Honestly, I was hoping for another experience like under the skin, oh, right. but uh, yeah. no. I would say it's definitely not near under the skin. I kind of have a problem with like psychedelic stuff nowadays too. Like it's just I can see so. That. Just so worn out. Like, it reminded me of a movie called Renegade that came out, uh, which is also a French production uh, starring Vincent Cassell, mm-hmm. which is a an adaptation of the Mobius comic Blueberry, uh, which is like a western, and it's really stars Vincent Cassell as Blueberry, which makes no sense because in the comic he's an American, and it uh, stars Juliette Lewis also. And at the mm. the last, like as I recall, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but as I recall, like the last like twenty minutes. Is just like this ridiculous, like psychedelic CG strobe light. It looks a lot like the stuff in this movie uh, when he goes into the lights or goes in the ashtray or whatever. Mm. And uh, and and it's like all of those images, but it's also uh, Juliette Lewis stark naked in the middle of it, like <laughs> writhing around and like. It's just <laughs> I was getting like some like tool video vibes yeah, from this. Uh, I could see that. Like the first DMT trip, I was like, this looks like a fucking tool video, except without claymation from like two thousand one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, secretly co-directed. <laughs> Lateralis. <by that>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, that's a funny thing. You can actually, like, uh, <laughs> like there's a uh, behind the scenes of Jurassic Park, and you can actually see Adam Jones, like, doing painting on a, the Dilophosaurus, I think it was. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And, like, I think he also worked on <laughs> T2. Um, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that uh, does it for our discussion. I'll give it a four. I gave it a four and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> four and a half for effort. Four and a half for effort. <laughs> uh, and if I was to rank them, it would be uh, Irreversible, Love, uh, un, uh, whatever this movie is called, Enter the Void, <laughs> and then uh, I Stand Alone. Inter- Irreversible just has that, like, it just begins, and it's just like abrasive. I don't know I, if I remember it correctly. I just remember it like well, the, the irreversible is the one with the first twenty minutes had yeah the, uh, forty megahertz. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, and it, the, it's just the brown. I guess I was expecting oh. that again in this, and I was just let down. Especially like you said after the credits. I don't know. I will say this too. Uh, you were talking last week about irreversible and the, and the rape scene and how long it is, and it is ten minutes long. Yeah. Okay. I Almost remember. exactly. Jeez. I remember Christ. being very long. So they uh, and it's very extreme, and it was actually uh, it like speaking of something where it's like you know we watch into the void and then we rewatch it and it doesn't hold up. It's not as intense. Just as intense, irreversible. Yeah. The, uh, the the scene is just as not very very extreme, and mm-hmm. uh, it was very hard to watch. It's it's certainly not pleasant. Uh, but I, it's a really well-made movie and, uh, you know, great film. So definitely his best. But uh, I guess we'll move on from there and we'll uh, answer a little feedback. We got a feedback this we got week a feedback. from uh, our longtime listener, John Ryan, who cool. uh, was a guest on our previous podcast that we had. Need to get and, him back. Uh, yeah, that would be great. We should have him on here at some point. He, uh, he wrote us an email. We appreciate it. We're going to read it just as soon as I get it open. Here we go. He said, your discussions the past few weeks have been awful. Wait a minute. Please stop. (laughs) Your discussions the past few weeks of a some foreign language film. Oh, I see. He's just typoed. Your discussions of foreign language films got me thinking. What non-English speaking country has produced the best films? Personally, I'd have trouble choosing between France and Japan. France has Truffaut, Renoir, Rivette, and Ren- Rene? Resne? 
I don't know how you pronounce his name. Godard. Japan has both. Uh, he didn't mention Godard. That's so that's sacrilege. A, a weird, weird omission there. <laughs> yeah. Um Get the Fuck out Japan of Japan has <laughs> Kurosawa, Ozu, Suzuki, and Ishikawa. Impossible choice for me. Throw in Russia with Tarkovsky and Eisenstein, and I'm all fucked up. Love to hear some of your thoughts. Thanks, John. So uh, that's thank hard. You. That's that's so thank tough. Thank you for your question. I agree. It's a very difficult. Um, very. I would. I, I'm tempted to say America. Because Apocalypto, non-English speaking. Ah, right? technicality. Right? Am I right? No, that's terrible. But uh, <laughs> it's a good movie. I think uh, it's a good one. On non-English speaking, I'd have to go Germany. Honestly, I mean Herzog uh, and Fassbender. Like those two alone. Yeah, I don't oh know what else I need to do here. Especially Fassbender, you got like fifty fucking movies. Yeah. And that are probably I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, they're probably great. <laughs> they're probably all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Herzog. What too, I've seen I mean, is amazing. Just, uh, Herzog's German language films are incredible, and um, mm. even stuff not by them. I mean, like um, Germany excluded the lives of others, and uh, Germany <laughs> excluded. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd have to go with France then. Yeah, like he says. I mean, uh, Godard. <laughs> you can't can't beat it. Sweden. Well, I don't know what was Sweden. Well, Bergman, Bergman. That's yeah. it. And I mean, he's got a shitload of movies. Yeah, but yeah. You, can't, you can't do a whole country just on one director. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. It is Bergman, so... I think like, Godard is better than Bergman. I'd have to go Russia so. on this. I'm just biased. I okay. like Tarkovsky so much. So mm. just and what I've seen, like Soy Cuba was amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah, and Collat as well. Yeah. And, Letter, and Letter Never Since, amazing. And uh, Hard to Be a God. I still, I still need to watch that. <clears throat> it's mm. a Russian film. What I'd have to say? go with Japan. Japan. Yeah. Uh, Kurosawa. Um, Oshima. Oshima. And uh, even though he only, like, well... Technically, I think he directed like two movies, but uh, Kazuhiro Otomo mm-hmm. with Akira, like oh, yeah. Akira alone. Like, yeah, that's true. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about that. No, I'm. I'm just not a big. I'm not huge on Asian cinema to begin with, and I yeah. like. I like the Oshima films I've seen, and I. I need uh, to see more Kurosawa. Certainly like Kurosawa, but uh, you know, certain things like Ozu. I'm just not. I don't know that film that we watched or that I watched. Really didn't do anything for me. Yes, um, me I, either, I'm still but, uh, planning on watching Good Morning on John's recommendation, but yeah. uh, haven't gotten to it yet. And I can't, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but there was that movie uh, Onibaba, which was really good, and that was also Japanese. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you for your question, John. I hope our discussion was satisfactory. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you want to write us a question that we will answer on the air. Not that there's air. When we'll answer it on our show, write to feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Um, write us any question you want. If you want to get in on this sexism discussion, that's cool. If you want to write us and tell us how stupid we are for talking about it, that's cool, too. I will, I will openly admit I am stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you have something yeah, we to need education. Please sure, yeah, chime in. It is really say. sad, though. It's, like, it's not really something I've thought about very much, you know? And it's like maybe it. Maybe I only thought about it. The only thing that got me about. thinking about it was this this Wonder Woman Justice League business, and uh, I don't know. I still I'm still kind of like it's more just confusion than like I don't I don't know that I'm right about anything. I don't really have an opinion. I'm just kind of like I don't know what yeah, is what is sexist about things. I don't know. Yeah, because like you you know you stop and think like was I, was was I 
I didn't think I was, right. but maybe I was. So yeah. you know, and I don't. I certainly you know, don't. You only th- have your perspective. Exactly. So. Exactly. I certainly don't want to think like immediately. Oh well, they're just stupid, and I'm right. And well, I think that's yeah. the first step to actually, you know, learning. Mm. So. Yeah, <laughs> is not completely rejecting. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's gonna do it for the show. Except for so we got to talk Jonathan. about Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan's. What pick are we gonna for watch next week? week? Oh, I'm sure he hasn't even thought about. No, I haven't. Holy yeah. shit. And uh, um, he's got to come up with one on the fly now. Oh, boy. Dead air. What do you think about this Lady Bird movie? I love it. I want to see it. You want to see it? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Not available to watch anywhere, though. So. It seems kind of irritating. The, the trailer irritates yet? me. Why? I don't know. They say Lady Bird like 20 times. Oh. <laughs> I like anything Greta Gerwig is involved in, I'll watch. And Saoirse Ronan is a really good actor. She's she's okay, but I <laughs> I really didn't like Brooklyn very much. But um, uh, you know, it's not her fault. She was good in it. I just didn't like the movie. Hmm. But didn't you say you liked um, Love Hannah? It? Yeah, that was it. Hannah rules. Right. Although it's been a while. Yeah. It also, it has your guy Eric Bana. Oh, in he's it, so. so badass in it as the German assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks so much ass. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett too. She oh, rules. cool. She's the villain. Jonathan? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. You should have texted me. I, I didn't even think about this. Oh, boy. Um, so you haven't seen The Holland Drive? Think about it. I have, but it's, have. it's been a while. Like, actually, when it comes to David Lynch, like, my favorite movie... going to make you watch Holland Drive again. Again? Inland Empire. I've seen, like, four... I would totally do that. Have you seen Inland Empire? No. Okay, now that's... Okay, that's, we'll do it. That's Inland a Empire. move right there. Let's I haven't it. seen it in 10 years. We're going to rewatch Inland Empire, and Kevin's going to watch it for the first time, directed by David Lynch from 2003, I think? 2006. Six? Okay. okay. And uh, his three-hour <laughs> surrealist masterpiece. Fuck yeah. Uh, and you're going to finish Twin Peaks. I will. That is your I, assignment. I will attempt so we'll to have finish a Lynch Twin episode. Peaks uh, by next week. I promise nothing, because Godless is on now. And Come on, dude. How many uh, episodes do you have left? Of Twin Peaks? Yeah. I think I'm on episode 11 or 12. So you got like five, I haven't watched more. in weeks. I don't know why. Uh, I just, I could, honestly, can I be honest? After board? that episode? Yeah. What, I don't, the next episode after that, I'm like, I don't even care about this anymore. Yeah, I just want to get back to the. That was the God episode. I want to get back to that episode. <laughs> like, I could care less about what's happening in the episode, episode show eight. now. Yeah. I just want to go back into that Pindarecki like going sample in, chopping going into, <laughs> it was the, insane. into the atomic bomb blast it's just it's, it's he did that incredible. all himself it's incredible it's fucking insane wow. it's incredible <laughs> and like nothing else in this show holds a candle to it so it's kind of yeah. like uh, it, there's a few more high points but uh, that I mean, was I'm definitely the series high I'm point. not gonna not watch it I'm gonna finish it but I mean I just uh, I don't know man yeah but, well uh, we should all watch Godless as well I will definitely. We should try, we I will should try definitely to get watch in. some Godless. I'm gonna promise I can watch. How many episodes are there? I'm sure there's like ten, probably. Ten. What's mm. uh, what, what's it? What streaming service? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. I think yeah. it's a Netflix yeah. original, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's uh, created by Scott Frank. Of uh, he wrote Out of Sight. Oh. And uh, I feel I'm pretty. I know Steven Soderbergh produces it. I, I, I feel thought like, he. Di- I thought he directed yeah. it too. Uh, well, like, let's just look it up real quick. You know. Go ahead and vamp while I'm doing this. But yeah, like. Blue Velvet is probably my favorite Lynch movie, but the entire Club Silencio sequence is, in my opinion, the best thing Lynch has ever done. Yeah, I just love Fantastic. that in that entire thing. Definitely, Silencio. love it. I just love the whole movie. I love Mulholland Drive. It's mm. it's funny. It's dark. 
it's experimental it's everything it's like great. the first the first time I saw it listening listening to Rebecca Del Rio I cried <laughs> okay uh, so it's executive produced by Soderbergh Scott Frank directs all the episodes there are only six episodes oh wow okay cool so uh, I knock that out yeah it should be that should be easier to cream out before next episode uh, but if, if not no big deal we'll just watch some of it but uh yeah, so we're going to be talking about Godless and Inland Empire. <laughs> um, are there different cuts to D- Inland Empire? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I have the the import Blu-ray that I bought in Austin, which I am going to watch it on. Sweet. So very, very excited to talk about that. And uh, that'll be next week on Filmiac. So until then, thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next time. Later. Ciao.